Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Barry, and with me this week, as Swan is on sabbatical, it's a good friend of the show, buddy, who uh, you probably know from a couple of episodes ago at this point, maybe, uh, our, our liaison with the Nashville Bourbon Society in many ways, Adam Terry. Hi, Adam. Hey, buddy. What's going on? I am... Feeling a little low key tonight. I don't know why. Just kind of going full on like sweaty balls or something. Ooh. Oh um, yeah. But <laughs> but I'm doing well. It's a later night recording for me, kind of for for you as well. But that's that's all good. I don't mind yeah. it one little bit. I actually kind of enjoy these late night recordings more because it's a good way to just kind of wrap up my day, right? And I can just kind of ease off into dreamland afterwards which is a good feeling it's a good feeling how are you doing doing well yeah this is a little late for me too uh normally around this time i'd be putting my two-year-old to bed or one of us would be um <laughs> but yeah it's, it's a nice little night off for me i guess my wife's taking care of things tonight so big props to her thanks megan <laughs> she is the best we appreciate it a lot so um before we get too far into this, a couple of things up top. As I said, Swan is on sabbatical for a little while. Um, just got to the point where we weren't able to make some recording times happen. So he will be back in the hopefully not too near, not too, not too near future, yeah. in the not too far off future. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to have some guest co-hosts again. Uh, Adam will be one of the main ones. And uh, we're just going to kind of keep chugging along for a little while. But if you are new to the show, this is your first time listening. Thank you so much for being here. Please go ahead and subscribe to the show and subscribe to the channel. If you are watching this on YouTube, as opposed to uh, listening to it in your podcatcher app, uh, please leave us a five-star rating and review as well. Don't know what you were just doing there, Adam. It looked like you were... Um, I'm was, hoping what you I'm hoping you were cleaning your your glass. I swear I was cleaning the glass with my t-shirt. That's uh it's not what it looks like. Didn't didn't look like that at all. So that's just uh -huh. for the uh the video watchers here instead oh, of audio. Lord. Yeah, you thank God this is a podcast. <laughs> like I did say though, this is going up on YouTube, so Oh god. Sorry, uh, buddy. Oh, Sorry. I, I got to go. I just heard uh, somebody <laughs> scream. The dog's barking. I'm upset. You're upset. We're all upset. <laughs> I don't even have a dog. <laughs> it's the neighbor's dog. Um, but yeah, please leave us a five-star rating and review as well. It's a big way to help the show. If you have not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, I go live there every Thursday evening. It's youtube.com slash this is my bourbon podcast. And we got some videos coming out soon. Still kind of working on a few of those behind the scene but they will be coming out before you know it and uh patreon is where you can support the show patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month five bucks a month gets you some bonus content so because adam is in nashville and i'm all the way up in lexington we don't really have a flying blind but instead what i figured we would do just kind of get our palates warmed up not necessarily for a review or anything but just because we may as well you know, we do have a couple of bottles we want to talk about. We do have a topic that we want to talk about as well, which I think lots of people are either going to be really frustrated by um, this, uh, this notion that has come about, and we'll get to it here in a bit, 
um, or they're going to be happy that this era is over in regards to uh, something that has made the community a little bit more unified in some ways. This is definitely going to be one of those love it or hate it topics, I think. Absolutely. It seems like that every time that you're on, it's a, it's a love it or hate it kind of conversation. Hot take time. <laughs> Adam, I'll ask you though, what have you been drinking recently? Oh, other than tonight, uh, I've actually, I think I said this last time, it's been like, what, five months ago now? Has uh, it really been that long? Golly. I think so. Yeah. Uh, I've been really into some alternative uh, whiskeys, so it's not emo at Hot Topic, that's um <laughs> irish whiskey specifically the spot whiskeys in the red breast series um i kind of got into some funky rum a buddy of mine jeremy gave me a sample of this stuff called money musk and uh it's super funky fruity uh something with their distillation where they keep the big vats open to the atmosphere for weeks instead of days wow kind of adds an interesting flavor to it and uh really kind of weirdly but apple brandy hmm have you ever had laird's apple brandy i don't think that i have no it's uh a it's the u.s's oldest distillery which is kind of fun and it's super fruity it's good to drink super easy to drink and as we're going into summer you know we're like two weeks away from summertime it's a lighter drink yeah i like it nice nice I, I do kind of feel myself thinking about maybe getting into rum a little bit more this summer. Um, and it's not that I've run the gamut of, of bourbons, but just to kind of expand the horizons a little bit more, you know, um, I've, I've taken the dive into scotch, not nearly as deep as swan. I've taken a little, little wading into the kiddie pool side with, with some Irish whiskey as well but uh yeah I'd, I'd love to kind of get into rum uh, a little bit more I, I will say too i just realized i said that we were warming our palates up with something but never actually said what it was and it's just turkey 101 stock standard yeah. good stuff man that have you um have you made your your thoughts known yet about the the new bottle design no, uh, believe it or not, it just hit Nashville a couple weeks ago. So I saw my first bottle maybe two weeks ago, and I actually really like the overall like minimalist design of it. Yeah, I just wish the turkey was more uh, present. I wish it was more visible. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. I think that without anything in the middle of this bottle, it just looks very naked. Um, I do think too that the the handle is not where this design shines. I think that the yeah. 750 makes it look really slick. I think it looks fantastic in that that smaller bottle, um, and even the leader. I think it looks quite nice in as well. Uh, but the 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 handle just looks a little goofy. It looks like something was kind of forgotten in the design process. So we actually haven't seen any of the smaller size bottles, just the 175s here. The handles, yeah. Yeah, but I've seen pictures online. I think that does look a little better. However, mm -hmm. um, I'm drinking something a little different. Mine's oh, a little you're older. you're drinking Austin Nichols. You jerk. I've got some 2005 <laughs> Turkey 101 Austin Nichols. I prefer the old bird, man, you know? I do too. I think the yeah, old bird's just, really cl That sounds like we're talking about a woman, and I don't want to say that. But I, I like the old turkey on the bottle of Wild Turkey 101 better than the newer one. It does look classier, I think, in some regards. 
I'm not an ornithologist, man. I don't know about birds. This could be a female <laughs> bird. It could be. Dude, I don't know. I can't even get into it. I don't even know how to like joke about it because I would feel just uncomfortable the entire yeah. time. Let's not get it. canceled. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, so I, I talked about this recently, but uh, I'm in the, the process of kind of reorganizing my collection and, and trying to get a sense of what all I have, which um, did not realize how many Elijah Craig picks I have. Um, <laughs> yeah, over, um, over a dozen at this point. You probably shouldn't Marie Kondo your whiskey no. collection. <laughs> they all spark joy, Marie, okay? Let us alone. So it it has sparked inspiration, though, I will say, uh, to do what I've been doing with my Russell's picks, my Knob Creek picks, and to create kind of a small batch blend of all of the picks that I have. Because, I mean, nothing's going to be under eight years with those picks. Not that I've seen it at the very least. And really, nothing's going to be over 12. So it could just wind up being a very, you know, <laughs> a very small, small batch as it were, with uh, with all the bottles that I have. But I would be really interested to see how that kind of turns out. Maybe with some of those older older bottles, it might help it get back towards, you know, what what the Elijah Craig age-stated kind of used to look like. Um, I've got a couple of 12-year age-stated picks that really do taste like uh, what the, the age-stated bottles used to, used to resemble. Not quite exactly, but they are they are quite similar to that. But uh, I guess that's kind of a, what I'm going to be drinking as opposed to what I've been drinking recently. I like that idea though. I like the, the yeah. idea of, I'm not going to call it an infinity bottle. Cause that's, it's not the same. You are I, reinterpreting. It, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is kind of in some ways an infinity bottle, but it's a, an infinity bottle specific to one brand. And the, the cool thing that I like about it too, is that if you stick to one label, then you don't have to go through the, well, I wonder what the mash bill is at this point. I wonder what the proof is. You always have a pretty good idea of what's going to, to be in there. And I mean, you know, if it's always going to be 94 proof, then everything that you put in is always going to be 94 proof. Then the end result is going to be 94 proof. Or will it? Well, we're talking about Elijah Craig, not will it here. Well, yeah, fair. Okay. But <laughs> it, well, if you think about it, if you've got bottles sitting on the shelf that you've had for a couple of yeah, years, yeah, you've yeah, had, yeah. let's say, a quarter half, maybe it's, you know, 88 or 90 proof. It'd be sure. interesting to find out. Yeah. And and I, it, it would be a, I guess it wouldn't really be that much of a process. It would just begin one of those proofometer things. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I need to, yeah, I need to invest in one. I think we need more sponsors before we invest in that. <laughs> They're kind of expensive, you know? They are. I, I haven't looked at them in a while, but aren't they like 40 or 50 bucks or something? So Four? the one that Chad and Sarah have, um, the one that they have, that's the glass kind of floaty one. That's the, you know, super easy one. Yeah, you can definitely get that one. I recently did a barrel pick with the guys from Nashville Barrel Company here in Nashville. Oh, cool. And yeah. they had a digital one that tied into their iPhone. And that thing was super sweet. They basically wow. took like a small um, syringe worth of bourbon put it in this machine and it spit it out in 10 seconds. And, uh, it was nearly spot on after bottling. It's pretty cool. Wow. A couple hundred bucks, I think though. So it's, it's an investment. Yeah, that's, that's not something that I need to, I need to invite into my life. I need new podcast equipment before I do that. That's fair. That's, that's fair. Yeah. actually, you know, you know, what we need is a breathalyzer. 
That we would be don't, fun. We don't need a breathalyzer. Are you sure? Because that that's kind of a game. Oh well, if we're yeah. doing if we were making <laughs> a game out of it, then yeah, we do need one. But that's right. just on a random night where I'm like, I could probably pass. I don't want to like invite that into my <laughs> life. You know, I feel like no, that's, no, no. that's, that's a bad thing to, you know, make into like a competition or something. You got a Facebook group or something set up where it's like, post your, uh, <laughs> post, <laughs> post your blows kids. <laughs> oh, wait. Ooh, ooh. Ex- uh, delete. Well, delete. What, did I, what did I say? What did I say? It sounded Post kinda, your blows kids. It sounded fine to me. Well, you know, Chris <laughs> Hansen might have a word with you later. <laughs> Have you seen any of um, Chris Hansen's revived content on on no. YouTube? It's basically the exact same thing as To Catch a Predator, but without the the brand name behind it. Um, but he's doing he's doing all the same thing, essentially. Didn't Chris Hansen get busted? Isn't oh, did that he the whole really? thing? Why why he doesn't have that show anymore? Yeah, I'm pretty just, sure. Whoa. That was the the ironic part of that story was I'm pretty sure he got busted by somebody else uh, during that process. Should should we cut should we cut this seg should we cut this yeah, segment just, just tr- trim this like a swan's feather man just, just get a it little out of bit here. just a little okay our producers say it's fine they say it's okay we'll be fine the lawyers on the other hand <laughs> uh, we don't pass anything through uh, legal anymore since they told us that we can't do that um, podcast so. Um, can I say that? I don't think I can even say that. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I don't know what Adam, you're talking about. Me neither. Let's talk about something else though that we can discuss on the podcast, uh, and that is this crazy. What do we call it? Like a pseudo law rule guideline that was implemented by Four Roses, which blew my mind honestly that they even considered doing something like this and the the gist of it and i don't know if you have specifics up or not but the gist of it was people who do picks at four roses can no longer alter the bottle past what they are given so say you go and you do an obsf pick and you say oh this is a really spicy floral bomb and and you say i want to chili pepper marrying a flower on a sticker on the back of the bottle you can't do that anymore it can't be altered in any way uh you can't have wax on it either right um so the it's it's being discussed as like the detatorification i guess of of these bottles and as i was kind of alluding to in the the intro people are either going to think that this is a huge boon to the the picking community to to groups as they were or they're going to applaud it because they think that it takes away from the validity of the the bottle itself so um i i just kind of want to start this off and get your initial reactions adam because you and i you know are not unfamiliar with picks that have uh tater qualities to them in terms of stickers or wax or whatever. A good example, of course, is Rifmus, which uh, was taterfied to to death, I would say, in some ways, but was still beautiful. And I thought it was cool and it was really unique. 
but you know, some people are, are against it. And uh, I, I just want to know how you, where, where you kind of sit on the fence on this one. Uh, very easy for me. Um, life comes down to the one, one saying live by the tater, die by the tater, you know, <laughs> no, uh, all, all kidding aside, I kind of understand where Four Roses is is coming from with this. I think they called it an anti-tampering policy or something along those lines. No, al- sure. no altercations or um, alterations of it, rather. I get it. You know, I think no this altercations. Kind of goes, well, <laughs> you can't definitely you can't been put, some altercations. Can't put two bottles in a like rock'em sock'em <laughs> robots ring and have them fight. Sorry. That'd be a great sticker idea. Crap. No, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, you know, actually looking back, you know, as, as we, we just talked about, we've done a couple of picks in the past and I love doing stickers because I think for me, it's not, it's not always something funny. It's something that's a memorable event from the day of the pick or uh, something yeah. someone said or some funny joke, something that reminds us of that day. That was the way it always was for me. Like for instance, our, our Rifmas sticker we did, um, I forget who it was. I think you said, or someone said that there was a hint of fruitcake in that thing. So we threw a fruitcake on the sticker, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Swan's favorite movie was uh, unfortunately a Christmas story, which is a terrible movie. Don't ever watch it. But how dare you come on <laughs> the take, show sorry. and blaspheme such a work of hey, art. Die Hard that's is a fine. better Christmas movie. Whoa. Okay. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> I told you hot takes. Hot takes. <laughs> No, I, I kind of see where they're coming from uh, because the, what was it? The Riff Patino pick from a, a couple of years ago, that was, that was a little over the line. And yeah. I think that since then, these stickers have kind of, and the, the whole wax and sticker and the, I don't know, taterification, I guess. Um, it's kind of jumped the shark a little bit, you know, it's, yeah. it's gone too much. I think we've ran out of uh, phrases to put Riff in. So that's kind of dead anyways, but I see where they're coming from. However, I will say from a legal perspective, as I understand it, once you purchase those bottles, those bottles are your property. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you could, you could add stickers and things later, but that would probably get you on the four roses, no fly list as it were. Yeah. (laughs) Let me backtrack a little bit so I can kind of collect my thoughts and, and go down my, my thinking Oh, that didn't sound I, have, right. I have one more thing while you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, um, please, please do. <laughs> so, four roses picks are hard enough to get as it is. Uh, for the Nashville area this year, I was told that we, as a as a as an area, got approximately six to eight barrels of four roses. Period for the entire area. And there are dozens of liquor stores and dozens and dozens of bourbon clubs and groups, and everybody wants a barrel. Yeah, but um, as I understand it, some barrels went to some stores that, of course, had the you know the highest four roses sales or something like that, um, and some went to those same stores, but for a charity barrel. So mm-hmm. one store in particular here in Nashville got two barrels at the same time, roughly. Um, one was dedicated for charity, which is great. Love it. All for that. Nope, no issues there. Yeah, but. There are only so many barrels to go around. It's super hard to get. So if I had a store or if I managed to get a barrel for my bourbon club, I would be hesitant to put wax or stickers on it. So I wouldn't want to basically piss anybody off at Four Roses. 
Yeah. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to be on the bad side of Mandy. <laughs> so here I want to, I want to back up as I was saying and talk about the advent of Riff Patino. I think that that was definitely kind of a black eye on the sticker pick hater community, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't disagree with that at all. And I think that they had every right to be a little bit uncomfortable when it came about that that was what happened to that particular bottle. I think, though, it's a very not one in a million, but it's it's a low probability that somebody is going to go that crazy with a with a pick like that. And it was topical at the time. So the the folks who picked it were trying to kind of capitalize and, and sell their bottles on on shock value and everything. And if you look at, you know, the the people who found it the funniest, a lot of them were UK fans and they're like, oh, I have to get this bottle. And then it drove up interest, which drove up market price and it just became a whole thing. So from from a control standpoint, I can understand that. And and in some ways it could be to try to reel in the impact that the secondary market has as well on the, the primary market. However, I think that there are two very distinct sides to this coin. And it, it goes back to what you were saying as well about how back in the day, stickers, wax color, whatever was in relation to something that reminded you of the pick itself, as opposed to it just being something clever or something that somebody wanted to throw on the, the bottle because people, they, they were just trying to move bottles, right? Um, and, and it's, it's a tough conversation to, to really get into with, uh, with individual groups or with, with picks. But I, I think that if you are trying to sell a pick just based on the label itself, that's not doing the, the market much of a service as much as it would, if you were just selling it based on what was in the bottle, you know what I mean? So I, I, again, can understand why there would be some potential regulation on this kind of stuff, but it, it does in, in a lot of ways feel like the man kind of squelching creativity or squelching you know, the, the ability to kind of leave your mark on a certain thing in the industry that you might not otherwise be able to. I think that's fair. That's a very fair take on it. Um, playing devil's advocate a little bit. If you sure. are for roses, you don't want, you know, you're, you're putting a lot of time, effort, and money into this product and you're making sure that the appropriate charities and the appropriate um, groups get these bottles to, uh, I guess, maximize your marketing value. Yeah. You don't want some group adding a bunch of fluff and pomp and circumstance and jacking up the price tenfold that kind of gives you a bit of a black eye from a company perspective too. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I see both sides of it, you know, from a group perspective, I'd love to keep doing a simple sticker or, you know, once a year we might tater something out and put some wax and, you know, glitter or glow in the dark paint in it, you know, whatever it might be. But uh, I definitely see where four roses is coming from by trying to prohibit this. 
not saying it's um it's good or bad it's just i understand i do too here's where my brain kind of did a backflip though i don't no, I don't know of a lot of Four Roses picks that are that decked out. I've seen some with stickers. I haven't seen a lot with wax. And honestly, I don't think that I can name a single one that has been waxed by a, by a group or a picking team. There, there have been a couple here in the Nashville area, um, one recently, but it was done very well. Um, I'm not going to name names in case anybody gets in trouble. but No, that's fine, yeah. Uh, the or sticker the was done very well. It was a... Uh, in memoriam sticker for his grandmother who recently passed away her name was rose so it was for rose super well done um he dipped it in red wax on the top and stamped a rose logo into it looked perfect really did a good job doing it not one of those where everybody's using the same silver or copper wax and they put some ping pong ball or cowboy hat on it or some dumb thing to jack up the price 20 bucks this was well done but other than that, you know, I've I probably 20 bottles of barrel selects. And as far as I'm aware, that's the only waxed one I've ever seen. Or at least that's the only one I've had. Sure. That kind of brings up a point that I think is also worth discussing. And that is 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 there a a line that people might cross in some ways or people might find a little bit blurry when it comes to what is considered classy big big quotes big air quotes around that and i think that that's a very it's a very subjective take um and it's one that i don't think everybody can find common ground on, but I do think that if we're using something like uh, Riff Patino as an example, that's a good point to make in terms of where things can get a little out of control. Yeah, Um, where's that line at? That's going to be dependent on what you think that's appropriate or not. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think, from my perspective, that this is so much reactionary from four roses as much as it is precautionary do you feel that way or or am am i just kind of skewed in my perspective no i i do agree i think it is um more precautionary they are setting a policy in place to prohibit and really just to limit any kind of damages on on their part if somebody does get a barrel pick and decides to go crazy with it and ignore their policy, then that's it. You got one and you're done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, New Riff or <laughs> New Riff 2, uh, Four Roses can go back to the media and say, hey, this wasn't us, guys. You know, we told them not to and they did it anyways. Yeah. You know, we put the speed limit sign up and you did it anyways. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's their fault. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think that this is going to stop people from putting stickers or wax on bottles. Um, it, it almost reads more like when, and and it's a a very small part of the, um, the industry as a whole when we're talking about four roses, but it does remind me a lot of when the NFL put the unsportsmanlike conduct call in place for people who celebrated a touchdown for 
too long right exactly and and it was like they're still gonna do it it's just probably not gonna be as exuberant as it as it was before um are they gonna do the the most that they can while still being able to get away with it i think is is probably the the better uh the better analogy i guess i don't think this is the death of tater labels though no absolutely not as a matter of fact i've got a i've got a great idea already so you can't add a sticker right you can't put wax on it but some stores do put price tags on it right oh oh see you could tater out the price tag and you're still within your legal right i'm just saying i guess as long as you've got the the right barcode on it as well and you can See? scan it right into your system. I mean, that's right. You're <laughs> you're you're basically working around it, but I don't like and and even at that point it's like I mean, are are we just trying to to fix the system to our own benefit and then eventually that's going to get covered as well by these these regulations and and it's a a very slippery slope of a conversation to have as well. It's the well, if this, then that, and then if that, then this, and and yeah. it becomes kind of like, uh, it, it's it's very, and excuse my my phrase, but it's very up itself in terms of you know a, a conversation to be had, and I think that um, uh, th- there is a little bit of um, wariness that that comes with it as well. I don't think it's fully warranted. Um, I don't think that it's it, it's easy to kind of go down that rabbit hole in in this day and age but um I, one distillery saying hey we would really prefer it if you didn't <laughs> alter our bottles once they got to you yeah um, i don't think it's as big a deal as it potentially could be but i could see people really freaking out and getting upset over this yeah absolutely i think um if is this a shot across the bow to stores and trade and groups that do this is this, um, will we see other big distilleries do this? I could see New Rift doing this after the whole Rift Patino thing. I could see Starlight maybe coming out and saying, hey, no more crazy wax and stuff. You know, it's jacking up the price and it's putting us at a weird position in the market. But if Buffalo Trace came out tomorrow and said, no stickers, no wax on our products, that uh, would really have a wet blanket on this uh i don't know what, what you even call it the bourbon niche community you know <laughs> well speaking of uh of buffalo trace we we did put out a couple of products uh in relation to bottles that do get pretty taterfied i feel like i've said tatered a lot or tater in general <laughs> during this this podcast and um i i think that it's worth our while to kind of discuss what that term means here in just a second but Sure. I, I grabbed Antique 107, uh, and I also grabbed 1792 Foolproof because those do tend to get pretty uh, abused <laughs> in, in many ways when it comes to people trying to establish their own thumbprint on, on these products uh, and on these bottles. And, and I, I do want to talk again as well at some point about whether you're selling a sticker or you're selling the product that's that's in the bottle but 
there's this this whole subculture, I guess, within the bourbon community that is described as being a tater for certain products. And it all came about because of Wade Woodard, who mm-hmm. is a, a blogger, writer, however you want to describe him, uh, in the, the bourbon community. I think he, he does some stuff in the wider whiskey community as well, if I'm correct. Um, but it, it kind of was like a guidelines of things to do. It was like um, uh, Martin Luther's, you know, whatever he posted on the, the church door. Um, but it, it kind of reads that same way where it's like, you know, a, a tater does this kind of thing and, you know, you want to avoid doing this so that you're not one. And it started to gain kind of this traction around uh, exclusivity in the, in the bourbon community. And I, you know, I, it was, it was funny because there was that period too, where I read through everything that, that he lined out uh, as to what, <laughs> makes a tater and i was like oh i do some of these things i i do you know i I fall under a lot of these categories but i i kind of have given up on reading through that and feeling a certain way about that that list um but it's a long list and i think it is i think it's it's always growing to everybody yeah everybody in the bourbon community whether you just got in and you got your first bottle of buffalo trace or if you've been a bourbon a certified bourbon steward for 10 years or whatever. I think we've all done some of these things on this list. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's 88 items on, on his current list as of now. Um, last, I think the last I really looked at it, it was like 62, 65, something yeah. like that. What well, are some of the more recent ones? I'm curious. <sighs> the one that really got me and I kind of laughed because I've, I've also done this is have a personal collection of whiskey hang tags. And as a Russell's Reserve fan, oh, once the bottle's okay. empty, you know, the bottle doesn't mean anything to me because the older bottles didn't really have anything in, on it. Sure, sure. But uh, those little neck tags with the information of the barrel and the, the age, I kept a couple of those. I thought those were cool. Something to reference back to. Hey, I liked that Warehouse Delicious pick from Hops to Go in Lexington. So if I can find a sister barrel or something near that, you know, that's good info yeah. to have. Yeah. I'm not Absolutely. a tater. I'm just collecting tags well i think that that it it again goes back to this notion of exclusivity or or superiority that is kind of established by giving guidelines for ways not to act or ways to act and you know then it starts feeling like a country club or like it's pay to play or you know something something of that nature which you know is not absent from the bourbon community i do think that that is very much present but at the same time, I think that as we start to see the community grow and grow and grow, we are trying our best to be inclusive with with people. And it, I mean, it, it's it's hard to turn anybody away. It's just, you know, it's a lot easier just to say, hey, do whatever the heck you want to do. I don't care. I mean, as long as you're happy doing it. Otherwise, you know. I have no right to say one way or another. That's the way it should be, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the way it should be. You know, you drink your bourbon how you want to drink it. And if you want to wait in line for six hours for a bottle of Blanton's at the distillery, if that makes you happy, hey, Ben, you you do you. Yeah. 
I'm not going to do that. And you, if, I, if you do that, I may think you're a little bit of a tater, but that's okay. <laughs> can we can we talk about Blanton's for a second? Because I, I think that it's impossible to talk about the tater world without discussing the horsey bottle. Um, there are they're not as common as they were about three or four years ago, but there are of course single barrel picks of Blanton's out in the world. I don't know if I've seen one that's been taterfied. Can oh. you think of any? So I've seen one. Okay. And I All know right. I know of one that's coming soon. I'm not gonna um, divulge any details yet, but <laughs> oh, what a shame. Um, yeah. I just want to see it. Is, it is more I'll definitely send you a picture, of course. Please. Um Blanton's, I think, epitomizes or it is the epitome of the tater bottle because it's that aspirational bourbon for guys just or people just getting into the the whiskey community. You know, you got your Buffalo Trace and you got your Turkey 101 and you're working your way up through the ranks of the more allocated and harder to find bottles. And so Blanton's becomes that halo. You got to achieve it, got to try it, got to get it. It is hard to find, especially yeah. a store pick of one uh, here lately. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a really tatered out bottle. I've seen a sticker on one was super casual, nothing crazy. Sure. The one that I have heard about is going to be a little more wild, but it's, it's pretty rare. It's also a harder bottle to sticker, right? That, you only got one side. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that's what I was, I was thinking, but also it's already waxed. Like, I mean, if you're going to wax that bottle, you either wax the very bottom of it or you wax the entire thing. And then whoever you're selling the bottle to, if they're really curious about the information on it, have to peel every little layer of wax back. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like it's a banana so that they can get into Ooh. it and find all the information. Now, we're not doing a banana. Just like <laughs> I've got layers. <laughs> Terrible accent. Terrible. Lens is like onions. Is like doesn't matter. Um, but but it yeah it, it's almost like the the perfect anti sticker anti alteration bottle, uh, which I, I'm sure is a main reason why we've not seen people really go to town on that one, which is you know fine. But I mean it you know it it doesn't it doesn't sit around on the shelf. People don't look at Blanton's. They go, well, oh, I'll probably get it next week. You know, yeah, you're not getting not, it or you're getting it that day. It's not one of those that you really need to tater up to help sell either. Exactly. You know, yeah, that's what I'm getting got, at. Yeah. If you've got 14 different store picks and you get a Blanton's in, that's going to move anyways. You don't have to put a sticker in wax already. You know, it's already got it. Yeah. yeah. But it could be better. I'm just saying. How? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you later. I can't tell you now. It'd ruin the surprise. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. You'll um, definitely see this one in the Tater Talk Facebook group. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I think that this is a good point to talk about the um, the difference between selling a label slash sticker and selling the the product inside the bottle. And I do think that there is this... Um, this notion that that is kind of what we're we're seeing from four roses as well 
with the elimination of of these options for taterfication. But I I think that at the same time, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. Once it is sold to the group or sold to the the store, it's no longer reflective upon the the distillery itself what happens to those bottles and i think you know it it, the same can be said about the secondary market i mean they're not responsible in many ways for what the price on the the secondary market is they're just responsible for getting it to the consumer and then whatever happens with it afterwards is you know the 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 private investors responsibility in many ways so um how how do you feel about this uh, this difference or this uh, this divide between sticker selling versus juice selling? I hate the word juice, by the way. It's hard it's hard for it to to come out of my mouth and me not feel weird about it. Same. There's no good word for it because you call it bourbon, and bourbon is just like this blanket term nowadays, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, um, I definitely see that aspect of it i think that back in the day i'll say a couple years ago again stickers were the the fun addition that really you're buying the bottle anyways from the store from the bourbon club the sticker was just something cool and it became a collectible like trading cards or pokemon or beanie babies or whatever you want to use to date yourself um (laughs) (laughs) nfts today kids Uh, (laughs) dogecoin no no um to the moon. It's, to the moon. Speaking of, a local uh, store, I forget where it is, um, did a new riff with to the moon sticker. And I was like, that's a little much. That's It is very of the day, but that is just, that's chuggy. You know, two years from now, people are going to see that and go, what does that mean? To the moon? To the moon. Unless Dogecoin it. does go to the moon, then you I know. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Anyway, just, back on track. <laughs> I definitely see both sides of it. I think a couple years ago, it was just something fun to to add onto a bottle. And then it became a, I have to do this to sell this bottle to the club because everybody's doing it. We've got to do it. I've definitely been part of that same think tank, I guess. Um, group we think. Pick a, yeah, group think. Thank you. Yeah. If we pick a wilderness trail, it's it's going to be fantastic whiskey regardless, but I don't know. I've only got 30 pre-orders. I need to sell 195. The sticker will do it. Thanks guys. I definitely think it became that. And what's worse for me is here locally, it used to just be the bourbon clubs, right? Stores really didn't do this. Not much, but now I think every store that I'm aware of does some kind of sticker for their picks. And I think it's just, it's too much. It's, it's, overdone it's jumped the shark i don't think it's about the bourbon anymore i think it's about selling the bottle with the sticker on it so i I hope we get back to selling the selling the bourbon yeah um and i i think that for a long time there was just a an understanding that (laughs) the product in the bottle was going to be really good right and uh, with the the growth of the community, with the advent of more groups, with people just jumping on the bandwagon more and more, and stores trying to sell picks, just to bring 
new customers in. And I mean, that is essentially what it is. They're trying to expand their customer base. It does kind of dilute the market. So it it's hard to ignore when people are playing to uh, the lowest common denominator in, in terms of what's going to make them the, the quickest dollar, you know, I, and, and yeah, I'm, yeah. I am more willing to jump on board. If it's got a cool sticker, fine. I love that. I think it's, it's awesome to have in the collection. It's fun to pull out, you know, to have people, you know, just be like, Hey, this one's, this one's called Rift Busters. Um, there's something, you know, something to that effect. But I, I just think that, you know, I would rather rely upon a store that I trust or a store that I have had success with in the past in terms of, you know, a, a pick that I have really loved than just sticker shock. That's not even, I didn't even mean for that to be the phrase perfect, that was used there, but it was, phrase though, it, it right? actually, it actually turned out to be a, a really good turn of phrase, but yeah, I, I I would much rather buy from a store that I, I know, or a group that I know yeah. that has a, a panel of people who have really good palettes. And um, even if it's not something that I would have picked personally, and it was just, just a really high quality barrel, you know, um, stickers are just kind of a, an afterthought to me at this point, I think. Same for me. I, I can probably say, I've purchased a bottle because of the sticker, uh, maybe a, a handful of times. Something that was yeah truly yeah. over the top funny for for us in our local area. Um, there was one a Russell's Reserve pick that they did a couple of years ago called "Haters Gonna Hate," mm. and it was the most fantastic sticker because it was topical to somebody in our bourbon community. Um, so I definitely bought that because of the sticker. But more often Jay? than not, was, was Jay the hater? No, unfortunately. <laughs> he is a hater, but no, he's I love he's I love Jay. He's a great guy. Uh more often than not, I buy the bourbon because it's a good bourbon or good whiskey rather, or somebody that I know and trust their palate says it's good, or the store, the club has a good palate, and I'll go that way. And as as somebody that manages a bourbon club, we do usually do a sticker, but again, we're kind of getting away from from the funny memes kind of thing, we're going to more of a, a data or informational sticker, and I think that's I think that's fun. You know what's funny though is that it's since I've known you and since I've known barrels that you have picked, there there's a there's like a bell curve almost to that for you because you started doing labels or stickers with information, and then it you know, pick back up at the top where it was no information, all image and wax and whatnot. So now that you're coming back down and you're talking about wanting to do more stickers with information on them, that is really funny to me and really quite yeah. interesting. And, and I, I wouldn't have this particular example if I hadn't gone through recently and, and organized my collection, organized my shelf. Um, but I think the first pick I ever had from you was the, uh, the, that Elijah Craig pick, um, that you, you gifted me, which still is one of my favorite Elijah Craig picks of all time. Um, but it, it just, it's like all information based, which I, yes. I, I loved. I didn't have any problem with that. And I don't, I think that that's something that could be overlooked when 
you're talking, and I mean, I know that Four Roses has all that information basically on the bottle anyway, but in some aspects, I mean, that, that could be something that is overlooked when other distilleries maybe take on this stance and try to prevent people from putting anything that might alter the bottle as it is once it leaves the, the distillery. Yeah, that one you're talking about specifically was from a local store called Woodland Wine Merchant, mm-hmm. and they do a fantastic job of those informational stickers. And I actually went so far, I, I love that design so much, I went so far to contact their design, uh, I guess, team, their graphic designers, not in-house, but a third party, to see what it would cost to have them work us up a logo and a design package and all this stuff for our barrel picks. It costs way too much for me. I'm not making money off this stuff anyways. Um, but I loved it so much and we did kind of do the bell curve and we got into the meme stickers or the, the funny stuff for a while, but honestly, that also adds cost, you know, the oh, wax, yeah, for sure. the wax isn't cheap. The stickers can be cheap, but if you hire, I'm not an artist, I had to hire a graphic designer to do the last couple stickers we did. So you're welcome, by the way, you unemployed <laughs> artists paying off that college tuition that you probably still owe. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money. It's mostly just the fact that I was in college for seven years. (laughs) Well, you know, you didn't know what you wanted to do, right? Yeah, again, I don't want to talk about it anyway. Yes, yes. (laughs) In the immortal words of of Chris Farley, a lot of people go to college for seven years. (laughs) (laughs) That uh, that summer holiday really uh, took its toll, didn't it? (laughs) Studying abroad. What are you going to do when you got out of school? No idea. <laughs> no idea. Probably live in a van down by the river. <laughs> hey, hey, Dad, I don't see too good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there? <laughs> Perfect. Such, a, such an underrated line from that sketch. Anyway, sorry. Thank you for indulging really us is. in our, uh, our Chris Farley quotes. Yeah. Anyway, I do think that the, <laughs> the stickers, <laughs> I think the stickers have kind of jumped the shark. Um, for me and my group, we're, we're calming that down. The last one we did was for our 1792 foolproof pick that we did back in February. Yeah. Most of the people on the barrel pick were over the age of 35. So <laughs> we thought it was funny that we were kind of the old timers in our, in our group. Most, most everyone else was on the younger side. So we ended up going with like an old black and white TV with the, the click dial. Ah, you remember back in my day, our Nintendo entertainment system had to be plugged in with the, the threaded coaxial cable. <laughs> so that was that was the gist of that one. That's that incredible. Freezing cold in the warehouse. We all had coats on, so I don't know. It just looked old timey. Nice. But, nice. Uh, Do I have a bottle of that? No, I have a few okay. left though. I could, I could definitely get you one. I thought, well, I, know, I thought that I know a guy. <laughs> there was, yeah, right. But there were a couple of picks that you had where you asked if anybody wanted one. I think that actually, I think I already like you offered it up, and I was like, yeah, I want to, I want a bottle of that. Probably. So, I don't know, man. I, I can't hardly keep track of it anymore. But I did. What, what's that? That was not a pleasant face that you just had there. Oh, it's seventy nine two. Fantastic, but it is a little hot on on a fresh open. Uh, fresh crack, if you will. So I always give it a little bit of air time. This one, uh, we actually, side note, we've done six barrels uh, this year for for my club, uh, National mm-hmm. Bourbon Society. 
This was the sixth one, and we are on track to do 10 this year, which is more than we've ever done. Wow. It's a lot of work, a lot of time. Good for you guys. We don't, we don't make any money on it. It's all really for the group, for the club. Um, so I'm having a, a blast doing this, but this last one we did was really great. We got in there in February. Everything was super cold, and because of COVID, all the ages had been kind of pushed back a little bit. Right. What I didn't know was 1792 is typically six to eight. Well, eight's kind of on the high end. All of our picks were like seven years, nine months, eight years, three months, so a little sure. older, a little more integrated. Mm-hmm. And this one in particular, I went in knowing that some people don't like the proof point. It comes off as hot, aggressive. Some people also don't want that banana or typical you know, Barton flavor profile. So we want something different, yeah. That being said, I I did just pour some 1792 foolproof. That is just straight up banana bread. And I do love banana bread. Don't get me wrong. But like if it's a banana note that is unaccompanied by anything else, I'm I'm just not a I'm not a fan. I'm not a big fan of that. If you want to have sometimes people don't understand when you say, "Oh, it's, it kind of has a banana note." And they're like, "I don't get it." Maybe they don't have the the palate and they've never had a banana. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they've just straight up never eaten one. Really, really I've only ever had, had a potassium, but anyway. <laughs> what, what's oh, what's a banana taste banana? like in in, com- in uh, comparison to a plantain <laughs> there? What's the what's what's the taste? You, you tell me, buddy. <laughs> I grew up on those those golden chiquitas. So uh, anyway. Specifically, if you want to have that banana profile front and center, there is a French whiskey called Bren, B-R-E-N-N-E. Pick up a bottle. I promise you, it tastes like the banana runts candy. That's it. Uh, and it's actually pretty good. Uh, it's just I like not it. for me. That's just not for me. That's not something I have any interest in drinking. But You don't like... Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, you're lost. I lost you there for a second, so you kind of went in and out of whatever it was. You Sorry, were I said, well, that's that's your loss. Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. We'll just have a weird, awkward cut there in the middle <laughs> for the video. <laughs> Jump scene and go. <laughs> anyway, back on track. <laughs> uh, we've done... We're on track to do 10 barrels this year. We have a couple of fun stickers earlier this year, but from here on out, as far as I'm aware, we've got nothing but more factual data-driven stickers. Barrel warehouse, that kind of fun stuff. Not uh, No more memes, no more, no more funny stickers, I think. It's just cheaper, easier, um, no issues. So all in all, I don't, again, I don't think that this is the end of the taterfication of bottles. But I do think that this has implications for how distilleries are going to approach handing out opportunities with picks in the future. I'm on board with you. I think that, you know, we, we could just see, you know, if a distillery says, please don't do this to the bottle. And then somebody does that to a bottle uh, potentially they could just not be asked back for a pick, which would be unfortunate, I think. 
in some regards, but at the same time, um, maybe, maybe it is for the greater good. I don't know. I really don't know, but I do think that there is a creative expressionism that is kind of quelled, uh, by not allowing people to do something like this, but all in all, I, I, I don't think it's the, the end of it. It's just, we'll see what happens on, on the next episode. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. It's the big cliffhanger for this week's episode of Batman from 1966. (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo never had, did Scooby-Doo ever have a cliffhanger? No, that was the whole purpose is every episode resolved itself. It was was all self-contained. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, I guess we'll move into tips and bits where we recommend things for people. I, Adam, I almost called you Swan for a second because there's Swan on the, in the middle of my screen. Uh, I see that. (laughs) The poster. Adam, uh, do you have any tips and or bits this week for people? Ooh, let's see. So I know I'm way behind the curve. I just started watching Peaky Blinders and I am loving it. You know what's funny is that recently I thought I needed to watch Peaky Blinders as well. So that might be all the confirmation I need to get into it. Well, I, I do love that gangster kind of 1920s uh, style stuff. So I know it's they're on like season six, season seven now, something like that. So a friend of mine recommended it. I started watching it the other day when I had a Saturday off binge the entire first season already on the second season going in for it and one of my buddies who uh runs a liquor store here in nashville or at least the spirit side of things we're already teaming up for some sticker ideas but we got to keep them low key though right i'm not gonna say anything (laughs) it all comes (laughs) back around No, I think that's uh, that would be my my I guess my bit for the week is uh, if you haven't watched it yet, get into some Peaky Blinders, man. It's it's pretty good. So, if you're if you're if you're a fan of the gory kind of um, I don't know, blood and guts, there is a little bit of that in there too. So if you're afraid of that, probably shouldn't watch it. <laughs> if you're if you're just so scared, if you're a scared little baby. If you're a little pigeon, you know, maybe not a full grown swan yet, you know, you can't you can't handle the blood and guts and gore, probably probably shouldn't watch it. It's fine. It is what it is. Um, we just I watched the final two episodes of this season of Saturday Night Live. And the Keegan Michael Key episode has what might be one of my favorite Saturday Night Live sketches of all time um, where <laughs> they bring back the Muppet show and Statler and Waldorf, the, old, the two old men up in the balconies are heckling as they always do. And finally security gets sicked on these two old men. And it is one of the funniest things I've seen in a really, really long time and i'm i'm a big muppets fan like just it's the the weirdest thing in the world to me but i love the muppets so much and i have always kind of wondered why or or what what would happen if they were just kind of told hey you should probably tone it down a little bit there guy like (laughs) 
dial it back a few notches. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love the ending of that sketch. Not to ruin it, but um, that's the best part. Is <laughs> I totally agree. Maybe the Muppets are the bad people. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh, man! <laughs> I just think that the Keegan was great in that entire the entire episode. Loved it. I, I saw on on I think it was some news website that it was one of the lowest rated episodes ever, blah, blah, blah. I liked it. I like him a lot. He's done some really funny stuff before, of course. Um, I love the, uh, the, the school teacher routine. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's a, that's a classic. I think that's one of the best sketch comedy sketches, (laughs) best comedy sketches uh, in, in history. And I think that that will go down for a long time as being a classic so i i want to so i i'm i'm also way behind on a few things one of them is speaking of keegan michael key uh but jordan peele's horror work like i i don't know why but i have just felt <laughs> led to watch get out recently so it's on my my watch list for this week uh and i guess i'll i'll have to follow it up with um us is that the the follow-up that he did i think so yeah 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 so i i'm really excited to, to get into those films and 2020 was the the year that i started watching horror movies for whatever reason i never really watched them before last year uh and so i'm i'm really really excited to, to check those out and um uh, uh quiet place part two is coming out soon as well or is already out? Might already be out. I think it's coming out soon. <clears throat> As of recording, it's not out yet. But by the Correct. time this episode comes out, it might, might be. It might be out. So I got, I got one more. I'm sorry. You mentioned no. Horror. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. I'm not. A, I'm not a big uh, scary movie fan, but I do really like real true crime. So that's kind of been on my, yeah, my radar you, as well. You and the entire half of the population on the planet as well yeah (laughs) i think it was actually your sister that got me into this possibly um last podcast on the left yeah i think she has mentioned that on the show before but so they they recently did an episode on this guy named uh, danny rowling and i'm not gonna go into it too deep because it's really gross really gruesome but a lot of um a lot of horror movies and a lot of ideas and tropes come from real life like the movie scream was based on a real a real thing really yeah i don't know why i'm saying that like i'm not surprised but of course it of course it did big scary guy and a toboggan going around with a big knife yeah totally plausible (laughs) because it happened what about um like brightburn like what was that based off of brightbart the news website no no that's (laughs) Ah, oh, that's not what I said at all. It doesn't matter. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of This My Burn Podcast. Thank you, Adam, for filling in uh, during Swan's sabbatical. Where can people find you on social media if they would like to do that? I hope I hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a social media sabbatical here for a while. But no, um, Instagram for, for bourbon is uh, at Nashville Bourbon Society. Pretty simple. Um, Facebook as well. Check it out. Barrel picks, lots of cool stuff from our, our group go up there. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you, thank, Barry. 
Thank you, Adam. If you want to follow me personally, I am at PRitter1492 on all social media channels. If you want to follow the show itself, it's at my bourbon pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. As I said at the top of the show, you can also leave us a five-star rating and review on the iTunes podcast app. That is a great way to support the show. It gets us up in the iTunes search algorithm as well. When people go and search for bourbon podcasts, they see that people are listening and downloading. And then they go, hey, maybe I should also listen and download to this podcast. I said that wrong, but it doesn't matter. It's fine. You didn't notice because you're listening. YouTube probably saw my horror flash across my eyes, though. Uh, you can find all of our apparel and our merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. As of the, uh, the recording of this episode, we have a few of our This Is My Bourbon Drinking glass glasses left in stock. but by the time this episode comes out, they're probably going to be sold out. So be on the lookout for the new design uh, that is going to be coming here in the next couple of months over at whiskeyambitions.com, which is uh, Chad and Sarah of its Bourbon Nights uh, website. Yes, Adam. How many skateboards are left? So many. There are. Oh. It's, a, it's an infinite supply of skateboards at Bourbon Shop. Oh, you've got to say limited edition. There's only oh, like sorry. 14 left. Sorry, we have, two, we have two and a half skateboards left. Oh, Lord. The half That's one is weird. from, it's, well, the half one's from uh, Quality Control. Oh, yes. So, that I one mean, does not roll. <laughs> no, but it does skate, though. Ooh. But it's not so much a board as it is just kind of like a two by four that you can whack up side the head of somebody that you don't like. I'm not. I think that's our. <laughs> I'm not encouraging violence, but I do find it hilarious. So. I think that's our cue to get out. Yeah, it definitely. Oh, hey, you're talking. <laughs> oh, to, oh wow. did there. I did see what you did there, uh, but I'm not even done yet. You can find, uh, well, you can send all your questions or comments to this, my bourbon shop at gmail.com. You can send in a voicemail for our infrequent segment barrel rings at 859-428-8253. We'll listen to that voicemail here live on the show and respond to it accordingly. Maybe we can uh, throw up a question for people for next week. Do you think that stickers and wax add to the overall value of a bottle and let us know why or why not again that's 859-428-8253 and we'll listen to that on next week's episode uh also the youtube channel youtube.com slash this is my room podcast i go live there every thursday night it's a great way to support the show we are on the road to a thousand subs we'll be uh, hopefully hitting that soon in the next few months and then last but not least patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast for as little as a dollar a month you can help support the show for as little as five dollars a month you get bonus content including the pregame chats which come out the day before every episode and the newly revamped last call which is going to be uh, happening very very soon i don't want to spoil anything about that uh but before uh, i'd say about the beginning of august we will uh we will see the return of last call that does it for this week's episode next week i got no idea what's gonna happen we'll see y'all next week but until then i'm barry i'm adam and this is my bourbon podcast